The following presentation is brought to you by KMmedia.pro. Please visit KMmedia.pro for more information. Now stay right where you are as we present. Welcome to Positive Talk Radio, evolving ideas, one conversation at a time. Great guests, dynamic stories and interviews, plus new thoughts on a wide range of topics and concepts. I hope that you'll hang with me, Kevin McDonald, my friends, and of course, you, as together we work to understand why we are all here and what we can do to make our world a better place for all of us to be happy, be kind, and live in peace together. Yep, that's Positive Talk Radio. Episode of Positive Talk Radio, and I hope that you're going to relax and enjoy the next hour because I've got one of my favorite people that I've had on in quite some time. He has got a plethora or a placenta of information around him. He is, I'm sorry, I stole that joke from you. And, and I got that from Cindy Hollis, who has a payroll place in Lebanon, New Hampshire, and she referred to me as a placenta of information. <laughs> well, if you think about that, that in in a kind of a weird way, that's kind of true because you're, you know, you're 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 you're. you're you're the filter of all things and, and, and you hold <laughs> nourishment for everyone. And, and all, all, you know what I mean? So, Oh man, I'm never going to hear the, I hope you're happy, Cindy. You're now more famous as, and, and that was very skilled, Kevin, that you were able to pull all that out from that placenta comment. <laughs> oh, this is, this is going to be fun. I can tell you right now. Uh, well, G Scott Graham is my guest and he's an author of like, I don't know, 17 billion books and he <laughs> a lot. On, on a lot of, and very diverse topics, lots of, <laughs> lots of different things that he, he talks about. Um, and he refers to himself and he's also a, a coach and he works with people to uh he's a career coach and a business coach he lives in boston massachusetts which is the home of the hated new england patriots <laughs> that's a story for another time <laughs> yes I mean, especially if you're a seattle seahawk fan like yes. me <laughs> who uh -huh. gets beat up by those guys all the time and uh and so so we've got i mean he's got let's see there's two how many books have you written in total i'm working on my 16th one which is coming out at the end of the month on business early warning signals for business and so that one is just on the pipeline it'll be out in about two weeks oh cool so yeah. earning uh, early warnings for business as far as warning will robinson warning you're about to fail kind of thing it's kind of like that piece so if I, I i liken it to the uh engine warning light of your car you know most people start especially here in the in the pandemic everybody's out starting their own business right and and you know you wake up one day and you're like what the heck happened where did all the money go my bookkeeper took it all or how did I end up getting in this situation or, you know, my business partner got arrested for porn on his computer or something like that. Right. It goes on and on. And on. it's like so. So I the book takes the um, the terminology and strategies that we see from 
um, weather and climate monitors and takes it and applies it to a business sense. So in weather, there's hazards, a lot of rain, fire, earthquakes, tornadoes, tornadoes those types of things. And so you, you got to know what the hazard hazards are that are out there and be watching for them. But at the same time, some businesses are more vulnerable to certain hazards than others. Just like, you know, in California, you're more vulnerable to earthquakes than people in Boston or Vermont. You're more vulnerable to flooding if you live right in, you know, on the floodplain in Florida than you are if you live in the mountains of Tennessee. So just, just like that, I mean, a great example is COVID. COVID-19 was, was a hazard that nobody thought about. And for some businesses, it was horrible. Restaurants were incredibly vulnerable to that hazard. I don't other know businesses, yeah, other businesses did backflips, right? <laughs> Zoom, WebEx, they were, they were like the Zoom and WebEx to COVID were like sandbag manufacturers to the hurricane in Louisiana. When the waters were rising, everybody was scrambling, but the sandbag manufacturers were like, woohoo! <laughs> right? I mean, they probably weren't doing that, but anyway. Well, but um, you know, in some of the, in some of those cases, their their stock went through the roof. Their usage yeah. went up. You know, Netflix did really well and for a while and stuff because people had nothing to do except sit there and binge watch on TV and all that kind of stuff. So exactly, exactly. Yeah. So, and it, so it's it, coming out in two weeks. Perfect. Well, I, and I'll give you another example. And this is one that, that I'm sure you've thought of, but uh, it's in my world, in uh -huh. the, because I have a little company. And uh -huh. when I mean when I mean little, I mean really monumentally little. The thing it's got like that one person working with me kind of thing. <laughs> and but the problem is, is that because it's a media company. And I do podcasts. I do a lot of podcasts. I also have a radio show, which I'd like to have you on, on KKNW in Seattle. That'd be great. I think we have a great time doing that. And, uh, but because of that, it, uh, people have delusions of grandeur, of what, of what they can do, and they want to come and, oh, I would love to work with you, and I'd love to do, but it's all kind of tainted because they've got this underlying motive. Right, right. Because That's very want, true. <laughs> they want to be famous, and they want to. They say, "Well, you've got a podcast. You've been downloaded over seventy-five thousand times. You're you're a going concern. I want to be part of what you." And then they try and take it over. They try and sabotage it. They don't. So it's very, very difficult to find people that are pure of heart that are really interested in because what I do is it's a mission. Uh, I do positive talk because I want to really make a positive difference in the world. Right. You've and, got a message to send out to folks. You're making change happen yes. in a great way. I'm working. I'm working my, my little tail off to try and get that done. And, and when, but there are people that are willing to sabotage that for their own selfish best interest. How do you combat that? Oh man, that is a tough, that's, that's more than a hazard, right? <laughs> uh, you know, it's you can avoid the road too. Right. You can, you can, you know, put up sandbags to keep the water out. You can, you know, there's, there's not, I mean, this is, this is, this is a little bit more aggressive than, than just um, some, 
event that comes by your way. You know, although a lot of a lot of the hazards, like I talked about, you see over and over again, people don't pay attention to their books and um, bookkeeper bookkeepers start off, you know, um, going for an occasional trip to Dairy Queen and getting some ice cream cones. And then the next thing you know, there's there's an iPhone for their son and their daughter and this person and a rental car. And you're like, what? Well, I trusted this person. How did that happen? Um, it's a, it's, it happens a lot because you know what the reality is the only people that want to start a business to be forensic accountants are forensic accountants. <laughs> um, <laughs> you, <laughs> so true. that's so true, right? The, the, somebody who is in the, you know, elect, you know, who's an electrician or somebody who's a plumber, you know, is like, oh my God, books, I don't book, you know, they bring in a garbage bag of, of receipts, right? Cause that's their filing system. Um, yeah. yeah and so they're, you're vulnerable when you're that way. Yeah. It's, it's really, it's really hard if you are the world's best plumber but you can't add numbers and you can't see and you don't monitor your checkbook and monitor what's going out and what's coming in and where the money's going because you're trusting somebody. And then the next thing, you know, you have no money and you can't make payroll. Right. Right. Yeah. So this book works people through this process so they can look through and identify their own vulnerabilities, the biggest hazards, and then come up with essentially an early warning system, the engine light on their car, right? The engine light just says something's wrong here. doesn't tell you what it is. You got to take it to a mechanic, but it just says something's wrong. Or the tri- tire pressure monitor doesn't tell you whether you got a flat or whether you just got a slow leak. It just comes on and says something's wrong. doesn't even tell you necessarily which tire. At least not my car. Not in my um, car either. Uh, and so though that's kind of what this book's about, to just help people figure that out and plot that out so that you don't get caught. So you don't get caught with your pants down, right? Oh, man, what a mistake. Figuratively or literally. Figuratively or literally. Yes, that would be a big <laughs> vulnerability. It's <laughs> a great way to lose a business, having your pants yeah. down on Main Street. Um, right. But but we were going to talk about uh, I and mean, you've got so many books you've got you've got books about marijuana you've got uh, t- making your own superpower or superhero power but I wanted to talk about a marijuana bit. book yeah, yeah. about uh, let's see if I can let's see if I can pronounce it again correctly uh, Androphile Pride Androphile? oh yeah there you got it right that's hey, it here we a- go like a magic okay. trick watch. Boop, 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 boop. There we go. Look at that. There it is right there. That's that's the one. Now, what is this particular uh, writing about? Well, you know, you're probably going to be shocked when I when I say this to you, Kevin, but all my books have an attitude about something. It's not like, you know, the history of algebra that I'm doing a, a, a book on. They all have a very strong, specific focus and opinion, right? Like, you know, my marijuana book's very particular and and critical about the current public health approach to marijuana and how screwy it's going to be, as you remember from the last call um, that we did or last podcast we did. Before, before we we go on, I just kind of want to, I just, I just booked a guest who was suffering depression and then he found magic mushrooms. And so I, and I don't know if you know anything about that, but that's going to be another show that I do. That will be, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Which will be very, very interesting. I I know nothing about magic mushrooms, so. Uh, but anyway, so we're talking about we're talking about uh, pride. 
Yeah, so we're talking about this book, Androphile Pride. There we go. I'm going to set it down. And uh, the, the, the piece that brought this book to my fray or my view or my concern was really what we see in the gay community. And this is really a travesty, in my opinion. And this is what prompted me to write this book. You know, there are tens of thousands of of gay men, I'm only going to talk about gay men here, but I mean, you know, you could, you could apply this with lesbians and other folks, but in this book context, I'm talking about gay men, you know, they struggle, they don't find acceptance, um, and they come out of the closet, and they reach out to the gay community, and, and very quickly, this kind of uh, orientation process happens where these guys learn, this is what it means to be a good gay guy. And that means that, you know, everything from the mild stuff, like what kind of vodka you should drink, what kind of underwear you should wear, what kind of uh, body you should have, what kind of music you should listen to, to, you know, your politics um, in a very, you know, pushy leftist kind of way. And this is not anything against the left here, but it becomes almost this piece of, of, you know, if you if you don't agree with us, then there is something wrong with you. Um, and there's no room of acceptance for these folks out there. That's now, kind of the nexus of this whole thing. I don't understand that because a lot of a lot of gay men have lived their whole lives not being accepted. So exactly. You would they would be very accepting of other people because that's what they've had to deal with their whole life. Exactly, exactly. But in the in the gay community, you see pushback around this stuff and you see people label people who disagree with the party line uh, as being having internalized homophobia. In fact, there is an, a, a psychological assessment. And one of the criteria in this psychological assessment on internalized homophobia, which is, you know, I hate myself because I'm gay. One of the questions are, is I am, I am critical of leadership in the gay and lesbian community. That pretty much says it right there, doesn't it? If you're, if they, if I'm critical of leadership in the gay and lesbian community, that's a sign that there's probably some internalized homophobia for you to work out. And so this, I'm not the first to recognize this. There was a guy many years ago, uh, not many, I mean, from my, in my world, many years ago, like 10, 15 years ago, he recognized this. I know, <laughs> it's not a hundred years ago. He recognized this piece and he wrote a book called Androphilia, a Manifesto. And the book was just right in line with, you know, you need to be your own man. No one should define who you are. You need to, you know, find your own path. And then this guy shortly afterwards went totally off the rails uh, in terms of, you know, it turns out that he was, you know, this kind of racist, bigot, you know, uh, very filled with hate, anti-Semitic person. Uh, and so he, for all of his pieces of, you know, you need to follow your own path, uh, he then took everybody on this alternative place and was like, well, you need to believe what I believe, which the real man does this. And, you know, you know, women are this and women should be at home. And this, I mean, a whole bunch of other stuff that he spewed out after this. So 
this book that I wrote is really an antidote to his book, which is really an antidote to the big problem of the gay community being judgmental in the first place. I'm hoping the people that seek out his book see my book. And what my book says at one point is, can't even know where this is, where I, I was so clear about who you are and what you are. And I put, you know, you need to be your own person. And that means you are not the person that the gay community says you need to be. You're not the person that um, you're proud of who you are. You need to do what you want to do. And it doesn't matter what the gay community thinks. It doesn't matter what this guy who wrote the original belief book about this thinks. It doesn't matter what I think. You need to do what's right for you. Jeez, we have so many people telling us, do this, do this, do this, do this, do this. It's crazy. You got to find what's, you got to find your own path. Well, I, I would think since you're walking your own path with what, you, you're not following the norms while following what everybody else is doing. So I, I, now I'm not in the gay community, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't know um, what their, what the motivation is of why they want to stereotype people and keep them all in the same herd. Why, why do they want to keep them down or not allow people to express themselves fully and completely to what makes them happy? I think it becomes this, this, this piece of, you know, um, strange bedfellows and political gains. So you need to, you know, you better be, I'll give you a great example. There's a lot of, if, if you are pro-life, if you're gay and pro-life, if you're a lesbian and pro-life, it's even worse, but I'm only going to talk about being gay and pro-life because, you know, but if you're gay and pro and, and pro-life, um, that's, that's looked at as, you know, you're not, you're not connected with us, right? You're, you're anti-women, you're anti-feminist. That means you're probably got other issues. If you're gay and you have a, um, uh, concern, which I would, uh, in the book, I hold it out as a val. there's a valid concern about, um, about, uh, like effeminate gay men, you know, cause people are like, that's not me. That's not, I don't, you know, it's, I don't need to call everybody and their brother, honey, this and sweetie that, and, you know, um, flit down the stairs and, you know, um, and it is true. It is true that, some gay men, I have a friend, his name is also Scott. He does not know the difference between a flathead screwdriver and a Phillips head screwdriver. He doesn't. And, uh, and he doesn't want to learn. And he doesn't want to learn because um, he'd rather have a hunky guy come and do the screwing for him. Oh, that came out wrong. That, that, that was a do, metaphor. Do, do the, sorry, Scott. Um, uh, but anyway. That's okay. It's okay for him to not understand the difference between a flathead and a Phillips head screwdriver. Um, but when that starts to become the piece of, well, this is the norm and this is how other gay men are. And for someone to say, no, that's not me. And, you know, it, step it up or knock it off. And then for those folks to get pushback and resistance, um, that's, that's where it becomes problematic. You know, and it's and it's encompassed. It's grown beyond that. There are gay men out there who say, "You know what? I I I understand transgender rights. I understand trans, and I and I get it. I understand trans transgender rights, but that has nothing to do with me, because I think I'm just the right gender. I mean, I I'm compassionate right. to that, just like I'm compassionate to Black Lives Matter. 
But once this, the, you know, it used to be when I was in college, I was in the gay and lesbian coalition. And then while I was there, I was the president, we expanded it to the gay, lesbian, and bisexual coalition. Now there's like, there's like 15 letters after it. It goes, you know, G-L-B-T-Q-R. You know, in fact, I have to tell you, this is, if, you, if, you're, if you're interested in this book, get the audiobook. I can't tell you how many interviews I had to go through to get somebody who could say the whole anacronym over and over. That was the audition piece because the an acronym is um, LGBTQIAPK. And so I don't even know what that means either. Uh, uh, but it's, but the, in saying it, you know, I would refer to that person as the, with an ER at the end, you know, like I'm a, I, I work on a farm, so I'm a farmer. And so I added the ER to the LGBTQIAPKER. And that was actually the audio interview. You're going to see somebody say, yeah, I'm, this one guy said, I, I've practiced this for 15 hours in order to get this job. You know, he's like, LGBTQIAPKER. And he was like, wow, that was really good. How did you manage to say LGBTQIAPKER? He's like, I really had to practice that. My wife thought I was really creepy as I was staring in the mirror doing it. But he did a good job, so he got the book. So he produced, he, he did the audio book for me. It's really nice. Oh, very good. And you can find that in on Amazon and everywhere, right? Yeah, it's on Audible. It's not the, you know, it's Audible. Oh, it's on the Audible. That this is on there, yeah. yeah. And you can get it off of Amazon, too. Um, I'm particularly, you know, poignant about, and I said this to somebody, they were like, what? I said, you know what? RuPaul is the Uncle Remus of our age. And they're like, what does that mean? You could say that. Go ahead, say Kevin. I'm doing the Kevin part. I'm not even giving you a chance. Why don't you just say Kevin? What does that mean, Scott? <laughs> no, you're doing fine. You can interview yourself. It's like, it's like I don't know. Hey, hey, hey. What? No, you're doing great. <laughs> For the next show, you know, <laughs> you, can, you can just like put me on the screen and say, I'm Kevin McDonald. I'll be back in an hour. <laughs> Scott shuts up. <laughs> Yeah, but you see, the the thing is, is I really, I really enjoy your sense of humor. Uh, and you have a lot of great things to say. And me as an interviewer, it's like, look, if this is good content, I don't need to say a damn thing. I, you know, you, you I just wind you up and go. <laughs> and I'm already wound up, so you just have to wind me up because I'm like a monkey, one of those monkey things with the that claps their hands. Tambourines. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's it. That's it. Um, so, so I, uh, so anyway, go ahead. Well, I was just going to ask you, so why in the book, what do you attribute it to? Why is there this, this desire that everybody toe the line and do it a certain way when that I didn't, I wouldn't have thought that that's even a consideration because every there's, I know a lot of uh, gay men that are free spirits and they have different attitudes, different thoughts. Um, and, and they're, they're across the spectrum. Um, but why is that? I think it's divisive to the political agenda. Ah. You know, just like when you hear, you know, an outlier of the mainstream black agenda that comes out there, then someone's like, oh, but you know what? They never turn to the outlier of the mainstream black agenda and say, you know what? You're screwed up. You need therapy as a black man or a black woman because, you know. Well, do you remember a movie called Everything You Wanted to Know About Sex? Woody Allen did it mm -hmm, way back mm -hmm. when. 
And at one point there was, he was treating it. He was, this guy was having sex and they were all the sperm were all dressed in white and they were in the, in the hold of the, of the, and there was one black guy and it was like, it was like a Donald Trump uh, uh, convention. It's like the one black guy, was, what am I doing here? What am I doing? You know, and it was all. Oh, is that, I thought you meant it was like a Donald Trump convention because it was all sperm. But it was it was the white black comparison that it you're was, doing. Yeah, okay, now I got it. The white black thing, but but so that's. I guess oh, we're gonna that, get hate mail. <laughs> yeah, that is G Scott. Uh, <laughs> you can find me on the internet. Just Google G Scott Graham at dot com. By the way, yes. um, dot com. But but you know we do the same thing because you, if as an example, as a black man, you're expected to be a, a Democrat and, and to follow the democratic party and the democratic line and all that kind of stuff, rather than be free to be who you are. You're right. You're right. You're right. And, and I, I guess the, the gay agenda is the same thing because you're looking and I get it. They want to, they want to improve the rights and, and, and which I think is sorely needs to be done. I think people are people and we should just leave the rest of that. You know, it doesn't matter. Um, but, it, but I guess they're feel they're, are they super sensitive to that? Yeah, I think that there's there. It's a big piece. If you but see the big difference is that you know the 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 the, the black community or the Hispanic community or whatever the community is that they they put pressure on you to conform, right? Yes. Like you just said, black Democrat, you your psychological health isn't called into question. You're not labeled as some person who needs extensive therapy because you're just messed up. You know, I think the, the added thing that happens in the gay community is that there is a time for all, you know, of the GLDDPQR casters that are out there um, where you weren't that way, where you were, you know, I was until I came out of the closet Everybody thought Scott was straight and, and right. I acted that way. And there was this P there was this device, this, this dividing line that said, okay, here's what the, where this shifted and here's where this, this moves on. And there's a piece now, especially in this kind of internet focused place where you'd think people would be, you know, boy, we're, we're so liberated. I actually think people are actually more um, held down and there's a lot more shame because you can easily go on to apps like Grindr and, you know, get laid if you're married and get laid in secret. Um, uh, that uh, makes it really easy for people who are struggling, you know, like I was before I came out to just, you know, check things out from the comfort of their own couch. But because of that dividing line, it's easy for someone to say, well, you haven't, you haven't evolved as fully as you should have oh, um, right. in your own psycho babble, wackadoodle, whatever. Now, now I got to ask you, because I think, I think it's important to somebody who's listening to this podcast, who is struggling with that issue? Because how old were you when you came out? Oh. I was, I was, I, I graduated from high school. You're going to find this crazy, but I graduated from high school early. So I started college when I was 17. Um, and and I came out shortly after that. And it was a bumpy ride because I was raised Catholic oh, and it, 
and um and then um you want to hear my you want to hear my coming out story sure oh boy so i it was it, i went to um like a good catholic instead of going and talking to i don't know the catholic mentor or this i went to see a priest oh, no. and and oh yeah it's well, it gets better it gets better so i just didn't make an appointment to go see a priest like on a friday morning or a saturday afternoon i went to confession to talk to the priest about about this issue right it's already setting the stage of like drama and stuff like that and um i write i write about this in the book about about what a, a big transformative transformative piece it was and where it was i could feel my you know you there are these times in your life and i bet your readers or your listeners uh and viewers know this yeah, i know you're not readers although maybe you, anyway and but you, you, there's these times in your life where you get these glimmers where you can just actually feel the shift, like right here, yep, right here. And it's like, oh, and that was one of the times when I went to confession and I, and I spilled my guts out to, the, to this priest. And he was not a very attractive priest at all, um, at all. Um, and um, he looked at me and he said, you know, this was in the 80s. This was in the 1980s. Put this in context right here. AIDS crisis, Ronald yep. Reagan, lots of, you know, there was nothing that was legal. People were, I wish I remember coming out after a few years after that, coming out of the mall and people followed me out with a um, pair of brass knuckles and put a dent in my tr pickup truck. Um, oh, and so I, you know, I talked to my father and he's like, you're going to carry a baseball bat in your car. And so <laughs> I carried a baseball bat in my car after that. Um, but uh, uh, so I went to talk to the priest in confession, right? And, and at that time, I don't know if the Catholic church still does that. You could walk around and do face to face. So I wasn't on my knees praying. I walked around, I talked to the priest and told him this piece and, you know, I'm gay. And he said, after a long pause, he knows, he said, basically, he gave me the line of like, Christ loves the sinner, but hates the sin, right? And I'm like, now remember, like, I'm 17 or 18, right? My hormones are like, crazy baby, you know, and um, he looks at me and says, you know, and I'm like, what, what, what is that supposed to mean? And he says, again, you know, it's God loves you for who you are. He just doesn't love what you do. And I said, I, I, what is that supposed to mean? He said, well, he said, you know, it's okay that you're gay. You just can't act upon it. And I'm like, you know, I already, I'm like clicking it out. What is it? I'm like, what is that supposed to mean? He's like, you need to be celibate, right? I'm, bing, 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 bing. I'm like, what? What? My mother told me the very same exact thing. And I said, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. So you are condemning a segment of our society to a loveless life because you don't like who it is that they love? Well, no, it's that God doesn't like who it is. Yes. God made him exactly the way he is. Knock it off. She didn't like me so he said, I'm like, so I popped right off on him just in and was like, yeah, I'm not doing that. How am I supposed to do that? That's impossible. Right. I'm like, beep, 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 beep. I'm 17. Right. 
<laughs> I'm locked alone in the bathroom for five times a day. I'm 17. Um, and so uh, the priest looks at me and says, you know, I'm celibate, right? And this is going, and my, I'm like, my blood's going like this, right? He's saying, I'm celibate. And he said, we all have our crosses to bear. And that just set me over the roof. I looked, I stood up right there. And this was, this is that point where I could feel like the, the innards kind of shifting. I looked at him and I said, with lots of profanity using the F word, I'm like, first of all, you're an effing priest and you're ugly and you made a choice to be this way. I didn't choose to be this way. This is just bullshit. And then I walked out. And that was, and then, and then, you know, the next week my mom's like, how come you're not going to church anymore? <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> she knew, yeah. but I was like, but that was a big, you know, that was a big shift. It was, a, the eighties was a very judgmental, harsh time. I mean, it was harsher before that, but. Oh yeah. I mean, oh, well, and, and I, and I don't mean, we don't mean to be bashing the, uh, uh, Catholic uh, Church, but but I did an interview earlier today involving a man that was uh, sexually abused by priests when he was five, and so and so that that's also going to be coming out. So look for that on positivetalkradio.net. Right. right. You know um, the the unfortunate thing is that you know the that a lot of folks like really blame the Catholic Church for you know these these people that have that are you know priests and i'm not condoning this when i say this at all but you know if you were single and a man and in your 30s or 40s people were like watching you they were it was not acceptable for you to be you know single and a man living alone let alone a man living with another man and so where could, you know, those men who were not interested in marrying women um, go and not get a heap ton of grief from the community? Get a Catholic church. Like, that's like the perfect, you know. Oh, it's ab- absolutely. And it, it, it draws people that have sometimes have nefarious aims uh, because they can hide in and amongst the sheep. And, yeah. uh, and and be able to do whatever they want. You know, I'm, I'm a little older than you. So I remember in the 60s when I was just a kid, my grandmother lived in a mobile home next to Dick and Harry. Uh, and they were they were men in their, I, I would guess, in their 50s. And mm-hmm. I remember my folks having a discussion with my grandma be, uh, with about them. And they're, you know, they're nice guys and they take care of the house. And then, well, they, they must have had their wives must have died or or they must be widowers or something, you know, never crossed their mind that, that it was anything other than that. But they seemed to be, they, as it turns out, they had been together for like 40 years. They, wow. They, you know, that's so, amazing. Yeah, it really was. It's amazing. It, it really was. And uh, so I, I, you know, I guess, Scott, I guess it's, it's that. People are people, and they're going to come up with. It doesn't matter who you love or what you're talking. Then people are going to come up with weird shit to do all the time. That is so true. That is so true. That yeah, it's it, people, and, and people are going to come up with weird ways to try to keep people in check. Exactly. Right. 
and you exactly. see and you and 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 you know you see people that are just you know people separated from a river the people on this side of the river don't like those people on that side of the river so <laughs> let's go invade the ukraine because that's the way to do it right it's like how is this you know what's the difference you know we're all human beings and we, and we just get so wrapped up into this piece of you have to be this way or you have to believe this or you have to walk that way it's really it unfortunate well, it's like I, I said before, because the kids today, kids today, they, they have a, a, a wholly different attitude about things like race and things right. like gender identity and that sort right. of thing. Yeah. They're, they're much more open to it. So that's why I believe in, and I'll get mail for this. I've said it before. That's why people get old and die because the new kids will come up and they're a little bit, you know, a little bit wiser than, than we yeah. are. They don't have the preconceived notions or the prejudices that that we have brought forward from the 60s and 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 70s and stuff so uh so yeah that's a good thing that's yeah that's the the tide every time someone's like criticizing the government or this i'm like the tide's going to change because you know we're all going to die and then like you know like the like you see in the, in the statistics like you know uh, the the people who are white in this world are smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller <laughs> 30 years from now, you know, what, what's going to happen there, right? It's, it's, and there's no changing that. That's just the future as it's, as it's shifting. And sadly, it's not, they're not going to go quietly into the night it's no. because they're scared. They're, they're yeah. very scared that they're losing their, whatever it is they think they have, which they don't really have anyway. Yeah. So one last thing about this book, if you get yes. this book, if, yes. if somebody, if somebody goes and gets this book, there is a number of like, so I just want to show you. So this, this book is this much of the book is, so this is the book, this much of the book is about information and all this rest of the book is about developing your own identity, getting a journal, figuring out who you are. There's a bunch of exercises. And if somebody gets this book and, you know, cause you mentioned I'm a coach, somebody gets this book and does all the exercises it and sends it to me, I will give them a free coaching session. Cool. Um, so, because I think it's really important for people to, to kind of take this information that they figure out about themselves and come up with a way to integrate it, to make it, make themselves vested in it and then move forward with it. Uh, it's not just a, you know, uh, intellectual exercise. It's really an exercise about change. And information is power. And, mm -hmm. and the more, the more if you, you use know, it. If, if you, you use, use it correctly, yeah, and uh, and 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 it's important. It, it really is. So, sp and speaking of which, I'm I'm just gonna throw another book at you and see if you can re even remember writing it, since you've written so many. Okay. Um, early warning signals. What's that about? <laughs> Do you not remember us talking about this at the beginning of the show? Hell no. That was a, that was almost forty minutes ago. <laughs> is that, is that, that's the one that's coming out? That's the one that's coming out. Oh, but it's already on your website. See, I'm not used to people actually keeping up their website. <laughs> no, it's up on my website. It's available for pre-order at Amazon. And so that's that piece. You'll have to pick out another book and say, what's that about? Okay. Brock can uh, just randomly go and pick out some book. I know. I, 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 love, the, I love your titles, by the way, uh, on, on some of them because they're – uh get off my lawn no get off your ass and mow the grass what's that one about oh my gosh where is this where is it 
It's right. Oh, this is it right here. Here we go. Here's another one. Ready? Magic trick. Look at that. Get off your ass and mow the grass. That's a catchy title right there. You could that's, that could be a song title. So this this book it was at I actually wrote this book when I, I was really I remember being really frustrated uh, at the at a person who is you know I mean overweight and and being obese is an is a is an epidemic here in the United States and so this was directed mainly at people who have little postage stamp size lawns and riding mowers for those little <laughs> postage stamp size lawns and uh and so the the whole premise of the book is sell your riding lawnmower get a push mower and take the difference between the really expensive spinning around riding mower and the little baby push mower and invest it in health coaching or personal training or something like that you don't even don't need to join the gym because you're pushing your your way to health you know it's 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 the book is is a is very critical of we, we have become such a pathetic myself included pathetically sedentary society right i mean i i can't say the the word because if i say a l e x a she's going to be like what do you want to do but you know i've got a number of those devices and it, it now i just say her name and then say turn on the television and i don't even have to pick up the remote she turns on the television you know i can be in bed sleeping and the alarm goes off and i say her name turn off the alarm i don't even have to move i can just stay there like that that is really pathetic um <laughs> that's what we have become to i mean it's a great convenience piece but you know there was a time when we had to grow our food and not just pop it in the microwave. There was a time when, you know, we had to walk, you know, your parents were like, oh, I had to walk to school in the snow and the blah, 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 blah. But that was really true, right? Yeah, it was. And so we're, we are now in this, you know, sit down here. We don't even, we push a button and our car starts with heated seats and all kinds of other stuff. And then we're like, why are we all gaining weight? I got to join the gym. And so the premise of this book is you don't have to join the gym. You just have to do the stuff that you, we used to do, right? One of the gyms, I'm in New England, and I can tell you one of the gyms that we have in New England, and it's totally free to join, is heat your, heat your house with a wood stove. If you heat your house with a wood stove in New England, you don't have to join a gym because you are bending down and picking up the wood and setting it over here and bending down and picking up the wood and setting it over here and carrying the wood from over there to over here. In, in fact, one of the goals of, of, a true, of a tried and true New Englander is to touch that wood as little as possible. Right. The more times you touch that and they'll say, you know, it heats it. It heats you three times. It heats you when you're cutting it. It heats you when you're stacking it and it heats you when it heats you when you're you're burning it in the wood stove. Um, and it's true. Right. You're out there. It's freezing cold, you know, November weather. And you're out there in shorts and a T-shirt stacking the wood for the. Um, and you get the added the added pleasure of uh, plowing the snow. And using <laughs> rather than when now they've got these fancy machines that'll do that for you, rather than getting a uh, a snow shovel. 
<laughs> when I came when I came out with this book, one of my good friends, Tim Ames, he's another I'm an EMT. He's a firefighter. He said, uh, I won't say what the word is. Like this one's get off your ass and mow the grass. It was he said you need to do a follow up that says don't be a blank, shovel the snow. So you can work backwards as to what word rhymes with snow. <laughs> don't be a shovel the snow. Um, <laughs> I haven't written that book yet, but that would be a, so one of the interesting things in this book, I got to tell you, cause I, cause, um, I mean, I took this very seriously when I wrote this book, I trained for a half marathon. I ran a half marathon and the only training I did was mowing the grass for the half marathon. Um, you must now, have I mean, a big lawn. I, did, I was going to say it was two acres of mowing <laughs> to get ready for the for the marathon. But my my spouse and I at the, at, did an experiment because we had a riding lawnmower, and um, we did an experiment. We marked out the property, you know, like this, you know, eighty by eighty square, and you know, it was equidistance from the garage. And we said, ready, set, go. So we started the timer and we both went off and he went out with the riding mower to do his 80 by 80 square. And I went out with my push mower to do the 80 by 80 square. Cause you think that riding on mowers are going to save you time. Didn't save you time. I mean, it saved a teeny amount of time, a teeny amount of time. But in comparison, I burnt off like 10 times as many calories as he did sitting in the, on the riding lawnmower drinking a Mountain Dew. Well, and that's the other thing is a lot of people will have an adult beverage while they're driving their, their, uh, <laughs> they're not particularly going very straight, but you know, um, but, so, so I, so what I got to ask you, because you've written all these books on so many different topics. Do you get, do you get a wild hair and then you just decide you're going to write about this topic and then you research it and do it? That is it. That is it. That's why, you know, I write, um, you know, my, my, uh, I was, I was working on my, uh, website and trying to come up with it, you know, like WordPress was saying, come with the, come up with a theme. And I'm like, well, I don't know what that is. And I was like, oh, I know exactly what that is. It's, you know, I have these diatribes, unique perspectives and no drivel. Like there's no, in fact, a friend had, uh, Tony Strange sent me a message after I posted that stuff. He says, really? Zero drivel? No drivel? I'm like, yes, there's no drivel at all. That's my goal. Um, but, you know, big diatribes. So I get, I, that's exactly it. I get a hair across and I'm like, I, I got to speak up about this. And I've got a long list of things that I've got a hair across. I got to ask you because you're a very <laughs> you're a very opinionated guy, and you've got a lot to say. Why aren't you doing a podcast? I would, but you know what? I'm too busy writing books. <laughs> well, I appreciate your contribution to society because I think I think your 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 writing is is terrific and and all the subject matter that you do is is really cool and 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 you you you've sold a bunch of books in your lifetime haven't you I have sold a bunch of books in my lifetime in fact I I've, I've had an I have to tell you that if if you have a message to get out there this is for you Kevin or any of your your listeners or viewers if you have a message to get out there and you're like I don't know what I, 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 I just can't don't let that stop you sit down, 
write till your heart's content, get your stuff out there. There are people out there that will help clean up your writing, make it all pretty, make it all look nice. And, you know, the big monster of Amazon has made it easy to get your books published. Um, and they give you a better rate than you would get with any of the larger booksellers. They give you 70% on your book sales, um, which is amazing. And they even, all these books that are printed, Amazon's got these ginormous wear warehousey things around the United States that print out a book at a time and then puts it in an envelope and sends it off to the person. Um, so in the old days, if you, Kevin, if you wrote a book or viewers, if you wrote a book and you wanted to get out, get a hard copy out there, you would have to buy, you know, a thousand copies yourself. And then you had a friend once who said, yeah, I'm a, uh, you know, my, my book's a million seller. He said, I've got a million of them in my cellar. Um, but you can even hold on, get them. Hold on. Okay. <laughs> you can even get them. And this is a hardcover book. Amazon's now doing wow. hardcover books. Um, and so this is my this is one of my latest. Uh, we talked about that one too. So so that, that that that's really cool. That's that that you can. Now I was talking to an author recently, and she said that she went through a publisher, and the publisher um, priced the book at fourteen dollars and ninety five cents, and her cut was eighty seven cents. Is that <laughs> possible? Yes, that's why you should not go through the publisher. <laughs> go that's through so if you if you price your if you price your book above two ninety nine on Amazon, you get seventy percent. And if it's below two ninety nine on Amazon, ninety nine cents to two ninety nine, you get thirty five percent. So on a ninety nine cent book, you're going to make thirty five cents. Um, and Amazon does that because they want to dominate the ebook field they want to sell more kindles and then if you if when you move to print amazon makes it out and lets you set the price tells you how much your printing cost is they take 60 you make 40 because obviously they have the machine to do this and you print it cost and then you figure out how much you want to make and then set your price and it's done it's unbelievably great Oh, that's that's awesome. And and any more these days, everybody's saying, you know, you've got to have something that you can give away on your website. So write an ebook, do something like that that can you can put behind something on your like and create a membership fee, and then they can they can have this this this. I don't know. That's that's that 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 stuff's also gimmicky. I have actually three of my books for free. I actually just made. I just changed this book. This one make time your superhero power which is yeah. a pretty thick book it's now free on amazon um because i figure you know as i'm as i'm writing more books you know i'm, I'm gonna give some away for free and then that gets the word out there well yeah. and people like your writing style um and so i am um, one of one of my favorite authors i people think i'm you know like stupid for this but but louis lamore mm -hmm. who is a western author Mm -hmm. um and he he wrote a lot of books they had kind of the same theme one versus the other versus the other but they were fun to read and and once you get because of your style uh once people get to liking your style then they pick up all your books because they're fun to read right thank you 
And so I know I, I have to say I'm, I'm, I'm looking at the clock up here because we're live and I know that, you know, we're getting to the top of the hour and I've been getting no, no end of grief, Kevin, from, from the last time I was on your show. Uh-oh. And I mean, I'm telling you this, I've got emails and my friends are like, I can't believe you did that. So you turned to me at the end of one of those, one of our last conversations and you said, you've got a minute left to say anything that you want. Correct. And I just went on and on and on and on and on and on. And you said, that's the longest minute I've ever experienced in my entire life or something like that. And that has been, I've got no end of grief from my friends and a few people who were, have listened who are like, yeah, you just can't shut up. You can't even talk in less than a minute. So I'm just mindful of that with like, you know, seven minutes left that, you know, if there's, I don't, I don't want to have you say, okay, Scott, you got 60 seconds to say what you want to say. And then you're like pulling me off to the side. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm actually prepping you for when I, when I invite you on KKNW 1150 AM in Seattle, because in in addition to the podcast, I have a radio show. And so like here I can say, well, we're going to go about an hour. And then if I, if you go long, you go long there you go long it's like and we'll see it. And i mean they'll, they'll they'll just cut your ass right off and, and it's, it's you're done and and so uh when like so if we go there and i say scott you got a minute and it gets to about 20 seconds and scott well scott thank you very much <laughs> so you know because it's they when they're done they're done because they got another show to do right right you know click so it's it's off in mid-sentence exactly the way it is but i you know you're one of those guys that that i really enjoy talking to and and you're so versed on so many topics and you can talk for a long time and you're very intelligent as well um so i I, you know i'm not trying to blow smoke up your ass i'm trying to get you to come back on the show again so Uh, absolutely um, because you 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 really are um one of the more fun interviews that i get to do and and God knows I do a lot of these. You do. You do. <laughs> oh. it's, it's my mission. It's, it it's is. what I do. It is. It is. But, uh, but lettuce, I, clairvoyant. <laughs> yep, I've got, I got all <laughs> kinds of, uh, you've, you've obviously been on my channel. Yes. yes <laughs> I have. So, you know, we talk about all kinds of stuff. So it's, it's very, it's very interesting for me. Uh, but I want to thank you for for coming on again today and next time i'm going to book you on kk and w and make you uh uh toe the line as far as the when we get to come on and go off and all that okay stuff. okay great uh because i think i think the seattle audience would just love you great so we're running out of time is there anything that you would like to tell our audience now or in the future anything on any subject at all you get to pick boy Another hard topic to say. You know what? I I will just say that I this guy Scott, the guy that can't tell the difference between a uh, a, um, a Phillips head and a flathead screwdriver. He and I are taking a course together on Coursera. Have you ever heard of Coursera? No. It's one of these big. Um, they call them MOOCs, like massive online course. And it's a and so we're taking this course together that's um, pre-recorded. 
Um, and it's uh, by from the University of Michigan on emotional intelligence. Ah. And um, it's really nice. I've done a number of online courses before, everything from the history of Thomas Jefferson to, uh, you know, business planning. And this one's been really great. And it's been really great to do it with a friend that, you know, it, we can talk about the co topics of the course on the phone and share each other pieces. And, um, you know, I, it's the, the message that I would say is just when you think you, um, You've learned it all. There's something else that comes along that can push you a little more. And so I'm really grateful that he's doing this course with me and that I'm doing this course with him. And you might see a book in a year on emotional intelligence from G. Scott Graham. You just I have to come up with a catchy title, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Well, you've got a bunch of them. And that one you'll can I think emotional intelligence is a is a great topic. Yeah. And that that would be that would be a lot of fun. I'd also like you to do um and to do some research and do your take on like near death experiences or life after death or something like that. Oh yeah. Yeah. Unless I definitely already... have a view on that. <laughs> well that's <laughs> also in this book cut this is come say, as you, you, you that's you've a... got to be very careful talking with somebody like you because you've written so many books. Yeah. You might have already written about that and I didn't catch it. But but no. So that's good. So uh, anything else you'd like to say before no, we this is great. What a privilege to be with you again. Oh, it's, it's my pleasure, sir. And I, uh, and uh, we'll, we got to do this again because uh, absolutely it's you make, you make for see, this is, and we're going back to the very beginning when we we're talking about businesses and the traps you fall into. I really enjoy talking to you. And so my normal self would say, Hey, why don't you do more of these? And we can be co-hosts and we can do th No, I can't do that anymore. I've been told I'm <laughs> not allowed to do that. <laughs> I have to ask permission from my executive producer now before I get. Yes. That. I hear that. I hear that. I'll visit again. We've got more to talk about. Yes, sure. sir, we do. Yes, sir, we do. Well, I'm going to hook you on KKNW, uh, which is a live radio show in the 14th largest media market in the country. We're not quite Boston, but we're close. Yes, great, great. So, my pleasure. Thank you. We've been talking again with G. Scott. Go to gscottgram.com and buy a book, for heaven's sakes. Buy 10. He's got that many. So. <laughs> I do. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. And stay right where you are. Thanks for enjoying this episode all the way to the end. Please give us a like and subscribe to this channel. This has been a production of kmmedia.pro. Please visit our website, oddly enough, named kmmedia.pro for more details about us and our mission, which is to provide great positive programming designed to inspire us all. I'm Kevin McDonald, and I'm proud of these shows, and I truly hope that you'll like them and share them with friends and family. So on behalf of our entire team, remember, be kind to each other because each other's all we've got. We'll see you next time.